It says pursue excellence and ignore success. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate success. It just means that every step that you take brings you one step closer to excellence. Welcome to Riding to Excellence, a podcast from Energy Equine Veterinary Services, sharing with you knowledge, stories, and insights from those chasing excellence in the performance horse industry. All right, hey guys, welcome to Riding to Excellence, the Energy Equine podcast. This is exciting. It's our first ever podcast, and it's brought to you by Energy Equine, a leading edge vet- veterinary clinic with a primary focus in equine sports medicine in Airdrie, Alberta. Today, we're going to sit down with founder and veterinarian, Dr. Chad Hewlett to talk a bit about the history of the clinic and what the future holds for Energy Equine. We're going to touch base on Dr. Hewlett's successful career and what he's passionate about in the equine industry. Then to finish off our first podcast, we're going to delve into why we've launched this podcast and what excellence means to us at Energy Equine. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. Please subscribe so you never miss a new episode and rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at at Energy Equine. And if you have any great topics you want us to cover on the podcast, be sure to send us a DM. All right, let's get into it. The first ever episode of Riding to Excellence, the Energy Equine Podcast with founder and veterinarian, Dr. Chad Hewlett. Hey, Chad. Morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. All right, so let's get started. So Energy Equine is a premier veterinary facility and has become known as the go-to clinic for performance horses of all disciplines. Our roster includes top horses from barrel racing to cutting to jumping to dressage, and many of those great horses Dr. Chad Hewlett himself treats regularly. Chad founded Energy Equine in 2006, and the clinic has grown exponentially from there. Today, our clinic calls Airdrie Alberta home. We have a fantastic team of driven veterinarians, as well as exceptional veterinary technicians and support staff, and our veterinarians travel throughout Western Canada and beyond treating great horses. So Chad, let's start at the beginning. Why veterinary medicine? Were you a horse kid growing up? Uh, Yeah, it's funny, Louise, you bring that up. As a kid, I grew up on a ranch in uh, the Midwest. My parents were doing that. Um, and had been several generations, and I was actually the first person in my family not to be a rancher. Uh, my dad had a rodeo company when I was a little kid, and they hauled all over southern Iowa and northern Missouri for rodeos. So I grew up, I, don't, I always say I don't really know anything different. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I did as a kid. Um, the veterinarian would come out, treat our cows, and I was always there with my dad whenever we had a calving or a prolapse or when bulls needed to be semen tested or whatever. And, I just kind of always thought I wanted to be that guy with the coveralls on that got out of the pickup truck and had the sleeve on as I was in the back chasing cows around and the calves were running over the top of me. And <laughs> I just said to my dad, I was like, I'm going to be that guy someday. And so cool. that's kind of how it started. And then went to vet school, really had this feeling that I wanted to be um, more in small animal and was going to be a board certified surgeon, do orthopedics. Uh, and then I got there and it was just like, you know, I, I don't think that's me. Um, I... I didn't really want to go back to Southern Iowa, not because I didn't like my home, but I, uh, there wasn't enough horses, and I just began to really dial into the horses as I was in vet school. Um, the next thing you know, you're, you're on your path, and I ended up in Canada uh, at the Ontario Veterinary College doing my internship, and then you know, got out to Western Canada, went to work for Warren Company, a really big clinic here in town, spent a couple, couple, you know, almost 10 years with them, a couple years in Oklahoma, and then started my own deal in 2004, mm-hmm. and you know just kind of got it going from there as far as that goes, and really dialed in on the sports medicine over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So as you were working your way through veterinary school, why did sports medicine really call to you? Why has the equine athlete kind of become your focus in the last 10 years? Um, you know, if you think about just the dynamics of it, uh, I asked myself, what, what did I really enjoy doing? You know, like if I could just do one thing over and over again, what would I do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't enjoy the, 
the colics and the you know the true medicine that people would say but I just really enjoyed the biomechanics figuring things out it was like a puzzle right and the enjoyment of watching those horses at performances I've always always enjoyed athletics I've been in, I was a competitive triathlete when I was younger played a lot of basketball played a lot of sports so I was always involved with athletics and mm -hmm. this is my way of kind of competing through my through my clients or my customers it gave me that feel and just the enjoyment of watching people succeed uh, and yeah. watch their horses go on um, it really started with one horse I mean I don't know if Heather Peterson is going to listen to this podcast or not but start with this horse uh, you know I, I worked on a lot of athletic horses but this one little horse that she had he just really taught me a lot I had other mm -hmm. horses that taught me a lot too but I, I learned a lot from one of her horses and he was a cutting horse yeah cutter yeah and I've always I've always had a passion for cutters I don't want to offend my barrel racers because I love the barrel racing too mm -hmm. uh, the jumping is a is becoming more and more of a passion for us we're doing a lot of dressage horses now mm -hmm. uh, but I would say it started with the cutters right you know and, and being in that industry that's kind of been the the root of it you know we did race horses for a while too um, but that one little horse just really I just watched him I would fix him or I'd help him and he'd just do that much better on his own right mm -hmm. and he really sparked me on that's awesome right um, so in the beginning energy equine was pretty much a one-man show it was you and it's yeah. grown to a pretty successful multi-veterinary practice so tell us about those early days what did you want to achieve as you were building up the practice another interesting question because we we didn't start out with the idea of becoming um, bigger mm -hmm. uh, I had semi-retired from the racetrack, and so I was coming off the <laughs> racetrack, and uh, you know, it's a good life. It's a lot of work, seven days a week. We were busy, um, you know, doing things there, and it was just, you'd start in January, and you wouldn't finish till October. And I was looking for something that was a little bit more relaxed and spend some more time with my kids. Uh, two kids there now, uh, I have five actually between the two marriages, but, but, but at that time I had two kids that were young, and I wanted to spend more time with them. And I was looking to be in, be in practice maybe about four days a week. So I was just kind of diving into that. I was looking at these horses. You know, I talked about Peter Pan a little bit. And I was like, I would just like to work on Peter Pans. And mm -hmm. that's all I would like to do is just those kinds of horses. So let's just dial that in and just keep looking at those. And, and you know, I did a lot of work for Deb Ringer, too, with her barrel racers and stuff. You know, Rainer was a really great horse, right? So I wanted to just move into that. So I kind of said, I'm going to do that. And I had an office manager, and she said, well, maybe we should get another veterinarian. It's really busy. You're, you're not keeping up. And I, I had to make that decision at that, not that moment, but we did it over the next couple of months. I was like, uh, maybe we'll try another person, right? So we had uh, an office manager, and then we had Sarah Rutley was with me too, which I know you know Sarah really well. She's in the body worker field. And she was my tech at the time. So it was Sarah and Chad, and we had an office manager. And we were just kind of working it out. And then we hired another veterinarian and it just kind of started, things just started building. And then I got this desire for the business side of things too, where I was starting to want to see things expand a little bit. I was like, well, if I could help 10 horses a day myself and we could train other veterinarians to do the same thing, now all of a sudden we went from helping 10 a day to 15 or 20 to more and more, you know, like in a sense of just being able to provide more service, right? Mm -hmm. I started seeing that. I wouldn't say I saw that from the day one, but as we went along, I began to see that, and that's what's kind of spiraled for us in that direction. Then people kept saying to me, well, you can do it out of the back of your truck, but reality is, is at some point you need a, a facility, mm -hmm. and that was a big move for us, in the sense of a scary move. Mm -hmm. um, building that, you know, trying to find a place, 
I just, I've, I've been saving some money, but it was more for my retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I wasn't really saving at that moment to build a building. I was kind of saving more of like, I'm going to buy a farm and have some cows again and retire. Mm-hmm. And in that, it just started kind of, just like I could just feel myself going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just started happening. And then people started showing up, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how it worked. Kind of, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Yeah, literally a field of dreams, I guess, when you're from Iowa. That yeah. Can, that can happen. That can happen. Yeah, there you when go. You that's a good reference. Kevin Costner. Yeah. You know, right? when, did we, when did you guys build this building originally? When did it go up and when did you move into it? Yeah, so we, funny story, too. Again, started with it, found the land. We didn't even have the land. Like we, um, we were, I was renting from Ralph and Betty and they're kind of my Canadian parents, right? Like they had mm-hmm. took me in and helped me out and I was at their place at the old Brazen. and that's where we were at for, you know, 2006 to 2016. But in 2014, 2015, we started kind of thinking about, um, putting this together and what was going to happen and visual, visualizing it, writing it out on paper. And then my wife started going into the MD, trying to get the approvals. Um, we, we had the land just trying to get things together it took us almost two years to get through the permitting process uh, and the engineer drawings and the architect and the interior design and everything and then finally in 2015 we're able to start getting things rolling Mm -hmm. Uh, and we finished the barn and got the last inspection done in the end of june of 2016 and I was so excited and so ready to move that on July 7th, I was, I said, we're moving this day, right? Like, I was like, we're not, <coughs> excuse me, we're not, we're not going to wait any longer. I was like, we're moving on July 7th, right? Yeah. And everybody's looking at me like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, we are. We're moving on July 7th. So on July 7th, we were in the building, um, 2016, and that's when we started. Right? Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. And it's been you know, it's been, it's been, the first couple months were pretty rocky. You know, it's, it's a, anytime you start something, what's the saying? You, you got to crawl before you can walk. Mm-hmm. You got to walk really well before you can run. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we're at now is, is we're in between the crawl and the, like we've crawled for a while. Now we're walking and um, I feel like we're going to start running here in the next year or so mm-hmm. in, a, in a good way. Yeah. Right. And so I know you had a large hand in the design of the clinic that's open today. It's kind of a unique building pretty modern you know when you think of veterinary clinics I think it's a very modern nice building so tell us about some of your favorite aspects of the building that are unique to energy equine I think I think what I like about it is when we sat down to build the building and put it together we thought of three things I mean obviously the whole reason that we're having this podcast today is the horse right like mm-hmm. I mean and that's not a fluffy thing that I say lightly I say it in in a in a, in a really serious like yeah, that's the reason that I do. Every, that's the reason we do this, right? Like, is that animal uh, puts us on, puts us in this podcast, built that building. You know, it does everything. That's how my family eats, right? Mm-hmm. So the horse was important, making sure that it was comfortable for them. You know, second thing was is if we look at it, uh, you want your people to be comfortable, right? So I was really looking at what would be an environment where the horse would come in, uh, feel comfortable, as comfortable as they can be. I mean, obviously, it smells like a vet clinic. You can't take that away. Uh, and then being able to make sure your people are comfortable there, i.e., client and your, you know, in, and your technologist, uh, you know, the reception area. If you look at it, it's an experience, right? And we mm-hmm. try to start, not try. We do start at the road, right? Like when you turn into our place, we spend a lot of time looking at what do you see, what do you feel, how easy is it for you to maneuver around when you come in? Is there, you know, is there a smile on the face? You know, we talk about the flower behind the desk, right? Mm-hmm. We want a very beautiful flower behind the desk that has the right feel for you when you come in. 
not always bringing your horse to the vet is a, is a great experience. It's not something you want to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to, right? You get to do it or whatever. So that was important to us. And then the, the last part was making sure that the building had good flow. It was uh, economical and it was fitting with the environment. So I, I did a lot of things in there that um, helped to save water, helped to save the, you know, we put in a LED lights, the in-floor heating system, you know, so there's a bunch of things that way. Because um, I don't look like it today, but I was a I was a pretty good hippie along the way, right? Like my, Shocking. Those, yeah, <laughs> those people that would have known me before, you know, my hair was long and I had a lip stash for, for years, right? <laughs> so, you know, so, so that start, even though that doesn't show up in my face today because I'm now 50, I'm not 40 anymore or 30, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I have to, at some point, I have to grow up a little bit. But uh, that still fits in my culture, you know, I want to I take care of the earth, so to speak, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So those were the three things that we were looking for, mm-hmm. right? So when I think of Energy Equine, I don't think of just a vet clinic, I think of a brand. Uh, I think of top performance horses and I think about that attitude of excellence. Hence the name of the podcast, Riding to Excellence. So I think when we talked about creating this podcast, we touched on that a little. So why did you want to start this podcast? Um, I've watched a lot of people, watched a lot of podcasts, you know, for, for the last year or so and just been kind of looking at what people are putting out there, how they're having an effect on their industry. And I was like, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to do that. I'd like to see us have an effect on that. I'd like to bring, if we can bring a little bit more uh, information to people and just provide things where they can just be that much better each day. You know, I mean, there's lots of books that I read. One's called The Slight Edge, and that's what it talks about is if I could just be 2% better each mm-hmm. day, what does that up, add up to after a while? Uh, I want to look at all the beautiful things that our clients have to offer people that I know from the industry as well. Like it's not just about me doing a podcast, you know, it's, it's about you and I getting together, doing the interviews on some people that, you know, some people that are doing excellence, mm-hmm. looking at mindsets, um, diets, recovery, you know, there's just so much to it that we could bring out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody doing that in the industry. And I was like, let's, let's bring that out there. Maybe we'll spark some other people on to do the same thing. Um, do some you know, sponsoring or sponsoring, but you know, like some mirroring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big part of it, just to see if we could bring a little bit out. Yeah, kind of celebrate all the different facets of the industry. Yeah, there's some really cool riders out there, and they're doing. And when you talk to them, you know, just I mean, it's no secret that I'm I'm really good friends with Dustin Garnett. You know, and just visiting with him, you know, when you're on the side, just talking about life in general. You know, there's some things we talk about, like you know, visualizing um, how you win before you go in the pin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been friends with Deb Ringer for a long time, and there's certain things that she does to prep, you know, I mean, and things that happen that way. Lindsay Sears, too, another one, you know, I was, I was sitting at the, um, at the Thomas Mack Hall when she won her first world championship, mm-hmm. went out to supper with her family afterwards, you know, just being in those environments, just those little things that you can see. Um, same thing, I have, I have a, a dressage rider right now that's looking to go to the Olympics in Japan. You know, so not even with her horse, just talking to her about her mindset, watching what she does away from her horse. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I want to bring to this podcast too, is what those people do and how they treat their animals, you know, what they do day to day, how much time they spend with them, little secrets that they have from a dietary standpoint. I think that'd be fun to do too. Yeah, totally. Obviously, Dustin is a multi-million dollar cutting horse trainer and Deb and Lindsay are both NFR, CFR barrel racers, so they definitely know what it's like to be excellent in their fields. So talk about the name Riding to Excellence. Kind of, We named it that because the word excellence was kind of important to the clinic. And so what does that mean to you? Yeah, great word. Yeah. I love that word. Um, those people that know me really well know I'm, I'm a Deepak Chopra fan, right? Mm-hmm. And so he has, a, he has a saying that I put on my, 
Facebook 10 or 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know, I've had a Facebook account now 10 or 12 years. It's gone by fast. And his thing is, is it says ignore, it says pursue excellence and ignore success. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate success. It just means that every step that you take brings you one step closer to excellence. Meaning that we're not all ever, we're never gonna be perfect. I make mistakes pretty much daily, right? Like, and I, and I say that to our young vets, to our people that are out there. I don't think anybody expects you to be perfect. I do believe that in our clinic and the people that I surround myself with are the people that I enjoy being around. And that means horses, horse trainers, um, coaches, whatever it is, is that that's what they're looking for, right? I know I'm not as good as I wanna be today, but each day I'll get a little bit better. And I believe that's that's there, you know, and, and we take that to seriousness in our veterinary work too, you know, like going through and becoming better at ultrasound. You know, like if I look at what I did five years ago in ultrasound and what I'm doing today, five years ago I was a baby, right? You know what I mean? And it wasn't because I was terrible at it. I just needed to keep pursuing excellence, finding people that were better at it. Um, and I think that's, that's what this was about, was like how do we bring those little tiny things or great big things um, that riders could do to push them a little bit further towards excellence. Totally, that's right. awesome. So speaking of excellence and those little steps, what are you excited about waking up and what excites you about waking up and being a veterinarian lately? Um, my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some really, really, like, and I don't mean that like my clients aren't important. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that I can, I have so many great people around us right now. So when people come to the clinic, like they, if they can't talk to me for 10 seconds, or a minute or two or whatever it is, you know, they're gonna get that time inside the appointment or that we're gonna do those things. It used to be, I had, I felt like I had to do all that. Now, my clients can talk to two or three different people. And, I, and we, have, we have one veterinarian that's, you know, it's really popped up and she's just, she's better than me already as far as her medicine, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's because she's just a good veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And I say that to him all the time, you should be better than me if you're standing on my shoulders, right? Because my mentor, Dr. McCarroll, said the same thing to me when I, was a, when I was a baby vet 24 years ago. He said, I would expect that you would be better than me, Chad, because you're standing on my shoulders. And so I, I like that part right now, that we're, we're building people that are better than I have been based on the fact that they can take all the things that I have and they can take a little bit further. Because I'm, I'm down the road, I'm 25 years in, it doesn't mean I'm gonna quit. It just means that, you know, Kassara's four years in, right? And she has 20 years of getting better, yeah. right? The other young veterinarians that we have, we have an intern right now, uh, Travis, he's doing a really good job. He's super keen, his eyes are open all the time. He's in my way a bunch, which means he's, which means he's good, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't wanna compare him to a dog, but my dad would always say, if you have a really good dog, you have to watch out because you'll run over them because yeah. they will be with you. A mm -hmm. good ranch dog wants to be with you all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, having those kind of people around really makes it fun. In the front office and upstairs, uh, we probably have people that are running things better than I ever could. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, as far as management goes and implementation, you know, I have um, Christina's upstairs. Uh, Brianne's been there for seven years. Uh, they just make our place that much better because they're better at things than I am. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you know, it's a humbling thing when you're young, right? You think you can do everything. As you get older, you start to realize that uh, I know some things pretty well and other things I don't know so well, right? Yeah. And so finding people that can help you with that. Mm -hmm. I think that's our strength, to be honest with you. Totally. Is that, that part. And that excites me right now, is, is melding that team together. That's the reason we can sit down and have this podcast, is we have enough people around, you know, you coming on board too, mm -hmm. right? Like when we look at it uh, from our social media standpoint, that's something that I, I love it. I love watching it. I love watching, you know, uh, 
I was talking about Ben Bergeron and his podcasts, and you know, there's other things that I watch too, but I was like, I want to do this, but I know I can't, but you can, mm -hmm. right? And so having that's been, that's been probably one of the most fun things right now. Yeah, and it's interesting, like Energy Coins, kind of one of the main tenets is that you take a whole team approach. You use, you know, massage therapists, yeah. you use, yeah. you know, Beautiful. and you're doing the same thing with your business, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Right? No. It's a holistic approach to everything. That's a great comment that you made too. And I, 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 there's so many things to talk about. I'm like, ah, and this is our first podcast, so I don't want to get, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> shooting off in all these directions. But that is what you said. I'm, I'm super enjoying that right now too, is working with body workers, um, you know, sports therapists, and doing those things at team approaches. Mm -hmm. Really been a big part of it. So then to kind of finish it up, uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but maybe there's a couple other things you want to chat about. What are some exciting things in the works at Energy Coin right now? A um, couple things coming up that are really, really cool is we have our annual dissection clinic coming up in November, cool. uh, and we usually have about 30 people for that. So it's it's but it's working inside of the industry, mm -hmm. just tr just finding some stuff to put together a trainer dissection. We wanted to do that for a while, so that's kind of I'm letting out a thing that we've been talking about. It's not on the books yet but it looks like it's going to materialize. Uh, we have our winter series as far as sports medicine lectures. Mm -hmm. That'll come up. We'll start to release that. Christmas party's coming up. Um, you know, those things are all good that way. Just finished an ultrasound conference with Dr. Denois out at Nick Clyder's in Vancouver. So I have some things from that. Shoulder and elbow, really fun to implement. And we've had, we've had our biggest year for regenerative medicine ever. I know I wanted to talk about that before. There's so many things to talk about. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a horizon for our practice that's going to be big and continued growth, you know. Mm -hmm. we'll, we, have some, we have some new areas where we want to focus on and expand our, uh, expand our products, you know? mm -hmm. so that's what's coming up for us. Cool. And then shameless plug, November 10th is the next sports medicine lecture that will be on nutrition with Dr. Stephen Duran, yeah. uh, a top equine nutritionist and it is sponsored by Core Balance, one of our great friends. So that's really going to be exciting. Yeah, that'll be that's super, super exciting. This guy's one of the top equine nutritionists in the world. Right? Yeah. Um, very fortunate. What a to cool have opportunity. Yeah, very cool opportunity. He's going to come into town. Um, same as always, they'll have our format start in the morning. We'll have a lunch for everybody. And there'll be questions and, and it'll be pretty, it'll be pretty, it'll be really solid. There'll mm -hmm. be some great stuff there on uh, recovery training diff different ways of training you know different ways of nutrition for training and recovery based on the core balance products he'll talk about other feedstuffs to your macronutrients too it won't just be on core balance but there'll be some other things in there that people can get some good nuggets right. awesome so. well i think that wraps up the first ever podcast we survived it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah sorry about my coughing yes we did that's okay all right well thank you we will see you guys next time for the next podcast thanks for joining us today